Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. We are on Apple Pods, Spotify, whatever, Google Podcasts, whatever platform you listen to us on. I know it seems like most of our listeners have all shifted over to our YouTube channel. So if you're watching us right now, we appreciate you. Please hit subscribe. Yes, um, sir. Hey, it's Trey Smith. Y'all know. It's Brandon Holmes, one half of the Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. It's college sports podcast for the fans, by the fans. Dropping fresh content every single day. That's the key. Every single every day, day, there's 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 content, and we we appreciate our supporters. We're gonna do a special shout out next week. Our our package hasn't come in just yet. Um, oh, yeah. I've been checking my mail every day. So next week, we got a special shout out to uh, one of our big time supporters. You know who you are. Um, we'll shout yes. you out next week. Though. Hey, just just one of our fellow fans, right? One of our. Yeah. I mean, we are the 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 college sports podcast that is for the fans by the fans. Uh. B. Holmes, yo, I know we're the college sports podcast, but we would be remiss if we did not bring up the NFL divisional round weekend. I mean, Saturday and Sunday. Do you remember ever in recent history or even history at all where all four playoff games were decided on the last play? No, not at all. And I'm actually quite mad that i didn't bet like i thought i was gonna bet this weekend <laughs> i would have made a bunch of money because i you know i saw this though uh this is crazy and i know it's like this guy um he bet like 50 bucks when it was 13 seconds left that kansas city was gonna win mm. and the odds ended up winning like i think like seven grand oh wow. i was like why would i not think about that you got patrick mahomes anything's possible Man. yeah but those are some great games. I mean, shout out to Joe Burrow, man. Yeah. I saw this cool thing about that. They were like, how great, and we'll probably get into it, how great the transfer portal is. Because if you think before the transfer portal, Burrow probably would have been stuck at Ohio State. Um, or, you know, or you know, you don't know if he would have transferred and had to sit out a year, if he would have had that extra year development. Because, you know, he was with LSU for two years. I think the yeah. first year was a nice developmental year. Then he had the breakout year his last year. And it's like, how many great players, especially great quarterbacks, have been hindered because the transfer portal wasn't around? They just mm. stuck somewhere and it didn't work because they didn't want to transfer it out a year. So, man, it was this was some great, some great NFL football, man. Yeah, Burrow, his first year, they, I mean, they won the Fiesta Bowl, but they were still kind of running that pro style, you know, pounded mm -hmm. up the gut type offense. You know, your typical LSU, what they what they had ran for so many years. And then that's when Ed O hired Joe Brady that next season. And electric. Electric. I mean, it exploded. 
I still can't get over Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Elair, uh, and, and I'm probably even missing guys. They had but Randy like, Moss's son on that team. Randy uh, Moss's son end. was a tight end. And they had um, – I'm not going to remember his name, but he's a second-round pick to the Panthers at receiver. Yes. Um, I can't remember his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. But there's, if you're watching right now, leave it in the comments if you know who I'm talking about. But that's that's three receivers, a running back, the tie. I mean, how loaded that team was, and obviously we saw how dominant they were. But that brings me to this point. Speaking of playoffs, because you had Cincinnati winning on the last second field goal, Mm -hmm. uh, beat beating um, number one seed, yeah, Titans. Uh, and then, and then obviously San Francisco last second field goal took care of green Bay, uh, had a big special teams, big play. Uh, touchdown Hufanga, the all American safety from USC actually shout out to Trojan nation, to man, Trojans, fight on. Man. <laughs> we're starting to get, Hey, we're actually starting to get some Trojan fans, uh, following the blue Bucks college game time podcast. In fact, the most recent video I posted was, uh, regarding what they're doing on the recruiting trail slash transfer portal. We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later in this episode, but yeah, he had the, uh, he didn't block the punt, but he was the one that recovered it and scored the touchdown. So you had that happening. And then of course my thought was you get two back-to-back games like that on a Saturday. Okay. Sunday the the Sunday games are going to be blowouts, right? No. Perfect. Last second field goal Rams over bucks. And then to cap it off, you get a walk-off touchdown in just what was probably the wildest football game of the season with great. the Bills-Chiefs. I mean, that game just compete. Like, th- th- those two teams, yeah. those two quarterbacks, they were competing. That, but uh, here's the thing, Brandon. Here's what I wanted to say. I want to kind of go through some of these quarterbacks that played over the weekend. Okay. And imagine if they right now – were on their college roster. Oh, How might that have impacted their 2021 season? So the first one I'm going to throw at you is TB12. What if 44-year-old Tom Brady was the Michigan Wolverine quarterback this year? <laughs> uh, Would that have changed anything? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think I think it changed. I don't I think we um I think we probably go undefeated until the playoff. Um I don't think we get stomped by Georgia um, because at 44 years old, it's I, Tom Brady has almost has the Tebow effect on him. Like oh, you yeah. saw it on the screen, and you oh, can't. Yeah. I don't any any watch watcher any any person watching the game could sense like you felt it. You're like, oh, it's about go. to happen. Like it's just something about it. I'm not saying we win the national title with Tom Brady, but I'm like his preparation, his intelligence how he puts people in the right places, how he knows how to make the right play. Because um, I've actually went back and looked at that game a little bit. And if Caden makes a throw here or there in the first two drives, mm. they pro- there's a chance that it becomes a little bit more competitive. But it was like the margin of error was this. It was this big. Mm. Tom Brady makes those plays. Um, but then on the other end of that, you place Georgia who will have Matt Stafford. Uh, and, I mean, <laughs> they just won the natty with Stetson Bennett. Could you imagine yeah. Matt Stafford, the gunslinger himself on that team? I mean, then they have a quarterback that can deliver on offense that's like 
keeps up with their defense. I I mean, I I still think Michigan is it, they just don't lose to anybody else besides Georgia. Tom Brady's on our team. But well, Georgia still it, wins. And thinking about Matt Stafford too on that Georgia team, like the Matt Stafford right now playing on those Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, they already had arguably the greatest defense of all time. They already won the national championship and dethroned Nick Saban and all that stuff. But like, that would be a sight to see. That Electric. that would be a team. I'm just thinking the athletes that they have on the offensive side of the ball that on some level weren't we didn't fully get to see, mm-hmm. you know, the what full they can effect do. of it. Yeah, fully what they could do. Because kind of like the Rams right now, you're starting to see the Rams operate in a way that they hadn't been able to operate with Jared Goff. Now I'm yes. imagining if that Stafford dude was on Georgia this year, it just Goodness wouldn't have been gracious. fair. Best team that'd be probably arguably go down as the greatest team that ever had a season. I'm sure. I mean, crazy. I mean, I'm looking to at some of these like Joe Burrow LSU. I mean, well, we we already saw that just a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, now I don't know if he had the same level caliber guys around him that he had that 2019 season. That's an unreal offense. Um, unreal. And then obviously Mahomes at Tech. That's that's an interesting. That's it an interesting, interesting because would Matt Wells have gotten fired had he had Pat Mahomes? Would it have just been more the same? Because even when Pat Mahomes was at Tech, yeah, man, they were scoring sixty points a game, and they were still losing. <laughs> they were just giving up 70. Yeah, yeah right, say. exactly. I mean, just, you know, it's like, it's the same problems they've been having. But, hey, how would it, how cool would it be to see McGuire, Joey McGuire, the new head mm. coach, former Texas high school football coaching legend. Imagine if he had Pat Mahomes as his quarterback with that. I mean, we and we know this about college sports, right? Like, college football, excuse me. Quarterback, I say this all the time in my Nebraska videos, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a dynamic quarterback in college, you're at least going bowling every year. You're mm. you're guaranteed about seven to eight wins if you have a great if you have a very good quarterback. If you have an elite quarterback like these guys, that puts you close to that 10 win mark every year. Because mm. those guys single handedly can win you seven by themselves. Um, I mean, like we saw Patrick Mahomes, I mean, tech hasn't been relevant since he left. Um, like it was must see TV when he was there because you're like, Patty. Ma- I, I mean, I'll never forget the Patty Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield game when they played OU when they threw for like a total yeah. of like 800 yards between the Ridiculous. two. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was just insane. So, um, yeah, I think McGuire, man. If if you if he has a guy like Mahomes, man, you you probably get a lot more transfers because now kids want to play with that. Yeah. And especially in that conference, too. I think a conference has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think depending on the conference you're in and the division you're in and what team you're at, if you're a dynamic quarterback, you know, it's obviously you're going to win some games. But I'm not so sure that if Vanderbilt ever landed a, a you know, a, a four highly rated four-star or five-star QB that was just legit, he's going to win them some additional games. But I don't know that there's that they have a chance to win 10. No, but, well, they're winning four because it's Vanderbilt. <laughs> Unless James Franklin's the coach, then you know he, he did the impossible when he was there. Um, who else we got? I mean, we got Jimmy G from Eastern Illinois, and then Josh Allen, Wyoming. Man, Josh Allen, like, what do you think of him? Like this dude, he's a he ball. put on a show, and he's, he's been doing ball. it for the past couple years now. But like, he showed out 
I, in that game. I, I used to have like some mixed feelings about Josh Allen. And then this is probably the first game I've sat and watched and watched him in a while. Um, mm. And, bro, he just put the team on his back because, like, I'm watching the game and they bracketed Diggs all game. They took Diggs away from him. Like, they took his main threat away from him. They practically shut down a run. And yeah. how he was able to – first off, I mean, I knew he was a big dude, but he's big yes. and athletic. So, to see how they were running, like, that QB power ISO um, was just, like, insane. And then the the arm he has what – is, what is that – um what is that uh, Avengers movie, the dude with the, the, the silver soldier? Bucky. Soldier. Yes. That's Man, Bucky. that's the kind of arm. Yeah. That's the kind of yeah. arm Josh Allen has. Because when he hit uh, Davis on that 60-yard pass, bro, it looked like a flick of the wrist. It was such a – I mean, yeah. the dude and, – and, and I remember when he was coming out, everyone's kind of like, oh, the arm talent. You know, he has the arm. Can he, can he get the accurate? And I can say he's progressively gotten better every year. Yes. Um, like the throws he made yesterday, he wasn't making two years ago. No. Reading coverage like he read yesterday, he wasn't doing that. Two years ago, not even last year. I mean, last year he had some faulty plays. And yep. so to see, he's going to be very interesting to see and watch. I mean, obviously you got Mahomes and Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. But this could be a big rivalry coming up potentially over the next decade because as, as obviously we know what Mahomes is. Um, mm-hmm. But as Allen is growing as a player, I think, um, I think it's going to be interesting, man, because the kid has it all, man. He has the size, he has the arm talent, and he's putting together – all the little things that make quarterbacks great, reading defenses, making the smart mm-hmm. throws, making the smart passes. Um, and then you add the little mix of athleticism in, in which, I mean, kudos also to Pat Mahomes. I forget how slippery he is. Yes. Um, dude, I just think that's just setting up that division. It just, I mean, that, that it's just setting up to have some good football over the next couple of years. Now, it'll be interesting to see what Kansas City can do come salary and all that because a lot of those guys are going to be up for another payday here soon. Kelsey... Tyreek, obviously we know Patty's situation, but uh, dude, I like Josh Allen. I wasn't a big fan of, of Bills Mafia at first, but they they got a fan in me yesterday. I, I like them. I like what they're about. That last touchdown he threw, the one before overtime. Obviously, it was their last possession of the yeah. game because they never got the ball back. But that that was, I mean, a dime. It's a dime, and it it almost looked so easy, and it almost looked just. But I mean, there were two guys in coverage. I mean, he put it exactly where it needed to be. Like, there was just almost the, like the perfect amount of touch. Because you're right. Him coming out is like, well, he's not very accurate. He's got a cannon. He can throw the ball a mile, but he can throw the ball over the mountains. But right. <laughs> he's 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 inaccurate. And I would agree. He's gotten better each year. Uh, he did. He had a – I felt like he had a breakout year last season. He mm-hmm. just had issues turning the ball over. Like, he, he – more, right. more with fumbles than interceptions. And – then this year, I don't know how – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he protected the ball more. I don't really watch the Bills, like, week in, week out. Right, right. But having them in the position to potentially go to the AFC Championship, just the AFC quarterbacks in general. Think about Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, uh, 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 Chargers, uh, uh, oh, Justin, uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Herbert. I forgot about that him. guy. I mean, you got to think eventually San Diego is going to be making some noise. And then I don't know what your thoughts are on Matt Jones. I don't know if I'm as like sold on him as everybody else, but I'm also not like dogging. I mean, he, he may end up being rookie of the year. I just, right. I don't know. He, he, he seems to be a good fit in new England, but. I, 
I'm indifferent about Mac Jones. I mean, everyone loves him. Patriots fans really like him because they think he's Tom Brady 2.0. And obviously, yeah. you know, I'm a little, I'm a homer when it comes to Tommy, man. I don't think anybody can be Tommy. I think what he's done has been incredible. Um, watched him since he played at Michigan. I think Mac Jones is, I think he fits the Patriots um, aesthetically yeah. and what he does. I think he goes to any other team and, eh, it's it's so so. But I think. He fits the Patriots and what they want to do. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I'm not Julian Edelman betting a hundred grand that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't, I don't think he does that for them. But you know, um, I mean, well, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I, I do, do agree. I think a team he could have probably thrived with is uh, San Francisco, uh, and a big part of that's because of uh, Shanahan. Yeah. Um, and just look at what Shanahan's doing with Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G almost threw that game away. Bro. Um, somehow. Week and the week before. And I know. <laughs> somehow Kyle Shanahan will have plays drawn up where guys are catching the ball with literally no one in sight. And I'm not saying he's the only coach that does that, but I feel like he does it better than anybody else. I agree. Like, oh, George Kittle, wide open, nobody in sight. Or just some, hey, random receiver that I've never even heard of coming across yeah. the middle. You know, he utilizes Debo Samuel so creatively. Debo's the man. He is the man. I mean, that dude. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I know everyone saw the graphic that, like, got posted way too much and shown way too much where it had the 2013 uh, Washington – well, at the time it was the Washington Redskins, Washington football team uh, – uh, staff oh, and coaching it had, staff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had Shanahan as OC, LaFleur as the quarterback's coach, and then I think Sean McVay was the tight ends coach. And what's crazy is that team went three and 13. And now all three of those coaches were just coaching in the divisional round. Two of them are coaching against each other to go to a Super Bowl. And my thought on that was. Man, looking at where those guys are now today, I wonder how much from that losing season did they learn that 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 helped them get to the position they're in now. Um, because you wouldn't you think, oh man, that team must have been loaded. Was, no, they were actually three and thirteen. And, <laughs> they were terrible. And like, yeah, I think they the only were. guy that was retained on that staff <clears throat> was McVay because I believe Jay Gruden took over the 14 season and yeah, right kept McVay that. on as either his OC or his co-OC or whatever it was before he, you know, gave up the play calling. But anyways, it was a heck of a weekend of NFL it. football. It, I'm looking forward to the conference championships. I think we're going to have two more just great, you know, games. classic instant classics. Hopefully I didn't just jinx it. Me saying that and we get two blowouts, but moving on here, B Holmes, what you got for us? I know you had something you were wanting to talk about and speak on with, with uh, with your head coach, yeah, man, talk to us. Well, it's the same cycle we go through every year as a Michigan football fan. Is Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL? Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's what we do. This this is my thoughts on it, right? I get people, and I've texted. I don't have a lot of insiders, but I have some friends connected to U of M. So the the thing is, this is what I don't like about it, Trey. Every year this comes out, every year some guy like Bruce Feldman or Ian Rappaport or whoever has breaking news that Harbaugh has NFL interest. This is why I'm always like, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Harbaugh doesn't even have an agent. 
there is no inside sources to Harbaugh. Harbaugh is Harbaugh. He's the most quirky. And if you've ever watched, he's quirky. Oh, yes. He's just a quirky football guy. Yes. Who, who I think enjoys having playing everything close to the vest and having you on your toes. Um, so when Feldman was tweeting that, I was like, ah, you know, everyone's like sending me big eye emojis. I'm like, I go through this every year, guys. Like I go through through this every year. Do I think there's a legitimate chance? I say yes. And the only reason I said that is because Darius Clemens, we just brought him in four star receiver out of Oregon. Um, his dad admitted that they asked a question and Harbaugh said, yes, I'm probably going to entertain some offers this year. Now, this is what I'm hearing from my end. I could be completely wrong, but this is what I'm hearing from my end. Because technically, Harbaugh, not technically, he he is. He's on the recruiting trail as we speak. He's been back recruiting. He's doing in-homes. He's really putting together a strong 2023 class is what it's looking like. They're building off this momentum from this year. Right. What I'm hearing is this. Part of it was he saw what he saw what Georgia did to us and realized, yo, we got to clean some stuff up to, to compete on that level with these type of guys. One, I need more money from my staff to create better retention. Two, I need academic standards kind of loosened a little bit for athletes because we do miss out on the caliber of athlete because of Michigan's elitism, elitism towards grades. Now, I ask you to dumb it down completely, but there needs to be a little bit more relaxation because Michigan doesn't take transfers um, because right. it's, like, impossible to transfer in. Three, the NIL package, and he was really pushing for um, – he's really pushing for them that they could use the block M. So a lot of it for me was – I don't think he leaves. I don't, I don't think he goes anywhere else, but it wouldn't shock me, bro. It just wouldn't shock me because he's hardball. Um, and and I and I do I don't not admit that there's that ever loving uh twinkle in his eye that I think he does want to win a Super Bowl. Yes. I think he wants to win. I mean, he got close with Sam Fran. Now, if he won one with Sam Fran, I wouldn't be con- I wouldn't be concerned. But I think Well, let me com- say something on that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I think what irks him about that one was he lost it to his brother. And yes. Like <laughs> So he was so close. What they got to the NFC champion or the next year was when they got to the NFC championship. Right. And that was the, don't you ever talk about me when Richard Sherman went off on Crabtree. But so, yeah, so they, they, they kind of rode the Kaepernick wave 2012 ran into the Ravens. That was when the power went out. Like they were in control of that game. Yeah, power went out. I forgot about the power going. All out. kinds of craziness, and then still, I remember on that last play, Harbaugh was convinced Crabtree got held. It was like yes. the last fourth from like the five yard line, and uh, he lost. And I remember, I still remember like it was yesterday that midfield handshake. Like he didn't even want like his, you know, John Harbaugh was trying to like take Embrace in the moment, him. like like He's bro, like, we just touch we me. just played against each other in the Super Bowl. He's trying to have this <laughs> moment and. Jim's just like, get, get off of me. Get well, there's a, me. There's a funny story about his competitiveness. So John tells this story. John says, I think this happened like three years ago, right? They're like, um, they're playing basketball at their dad's house. And they're like, anybody that knows Jim is super competitive. Like he punched Jim Kelly in the face one time because Jim <laughs> Kelly said he wasn't tough. And um, it's like John, Jim, uh, they're like youngest boys and their youngest girls. You know, just something you do. Yeah. And he's noticing like, Jim is starting to get serious. Like 
he's scoring, he's chest bumping his like kids or whatever. And so um John's daughter is like driving to the hole and Jim is coming to like swat it. And so uh John like hip checks him. So Jim gets up and you know gets into his face, like bodies him down, ends up scoring the win- winning basket. All that to get to here. John's like, yo, you need to chill out. And G says, Jim picks up his son, goes, Come on, son, us winners are gonna go inside. And just like so he just has this. I say all that say is like there's this competitiveness about him that I'm with you. I think the elusive Super Bowl is kind of always in the back of his mind. And I believe if I think he has to feel like though for him, the NFL fit has to be the right fit. I don't okay. think the Raiders are the right fit for him. Well, hold on though. Hold on though. Let me let me just throw a curveball at you. And this is my pipe dream scenario okay. where Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in some weird stratosphere end up on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is taking that job. I think because I almost wonder if he's holding out to see where Aaron Rodgers goes because the other team that was really talked about early in the season when all that drama was happening between A Rod and Green Bay was the Broncos. And I'm just curious to see how that plays out because I'm wondering if he's kind of keeping an eye on A-Rod going, okay, if he goes somewhere with an opening, I can make that work. And so, yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, I can believe that because he's cool. He's cool with the Davis family. Like, they're friends. So, I said it wouldn't shock me. But it, like you said, the pieces would have to be in place. I don't think he goes to go coach Carr. No offense. No. I think Carr's a great quarterback. Sure. I don't think sure. he goes to coach Carr, but I do think um, he would go to go coach a generational talent like Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't – I think Harbaugh doesn't just go somewhere. Like, he goes places where – I think he's beyond the point of his career where he needs to go build something. He did it at San Diego. He did it at Stanford. Mm-hmm. He resurrected Michigan. I think he's at this point now where it's like, if I'm going to make a leap, it has to make sense. It has to be like, I got a good chance of winning this thing. If not, I can, I mean, he he's essentially stacked the decks for himself at Michigan. I can get whatever I want. And if you guys don't want to give it to me, I can walk. So, yeah. and then I also think this, bro. I think he took that slight, that, that contract cut last year as mm. a slight. And I have mm. to say, the one thing I feel about Jim Harbaugh is, he doesn't like giving up power. He doesn't like right. being strong-armed into anything. And essentially, he got embarrassed and strong-armed into that contract. Because remember, everybody's talking about Jim Harbaugh has to take a major pay cut. But yep. I think he's finally like, now the tables have turned. You need me. You want me. And I'm going to take my time with it. I'll still do my job. I'll still be faithful. I, but I'm going to tell these kids the truth that I'm going to entertain these offers. Um which to me, I think is not a bad thing, though. We still racked in like a top 10 recruiting class with these rumors circulating and him being honest about it. Yeah. Um, I think well, it's if Michigan, I'm, you know, it's, it's Michigan. Michigan. I think if the and they just beat Ohio State and we went to the playoff, that stuff matters. I yep. think if I'm Michigan, though, I'm already getting my replacements lined up. I'm already putting feelers out just in case because nobody knows what he's thinking. So, so instead of getting caught off guard, that, I would do that. So, so with that being said, I want to talk about the replacement because obviously I have someone and, I, and, and we've kind of texted about, but 
Before we get to that, yes or no, Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines in 2022. Yes. No. I'm Big saying yes. no. <laughs> okay, so in the event that he is not, who are you hiring? Because this is going to be a this will be a headlining. Oh, this will be story. national media. This will be all over the place. Harbaugh one Harbaugh back in the NFL, and two, the Michigan job being open. I mean that right there. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. If I'm Michigan, there's one person who I got on speed dial right now. I'm calling Luke Fickle. Mm. I'm calling Luke. You need a guy. From what I've heard, Luke has great recruiting chops. He's a Midwest boy. He played at Ohio State. He's an Ohio State guy. Um, I think he played at Ohio State, if I'm correct. But, yeah, I know he's an Ohio State guy. Came from the Trussell coaching tree. I'm going to say this, though, bro, and this is why. I think it would be a great hire to hire Luke Fickle, if that's the case, because you can't tell me he doesn't feel slighted with how he was played at Ohio State. Mm. Essentially, man, Fickle, you know, he held the interim tag. Um, he held the interim tag. And then from there, you know, they brought in Urban, which you can't be mad about. Right. But, you know, it has to be something inside. All these guys at those high levels, there's a chip on their shoulder. There's ego. There's pride. you got to admit that there would be some type of pride for Fickle to say, all right, y'all didn't want to take the chance on me. Y'all didn't want to believe in me. Fine, I'll go to Michigan and do it anyways, and I'll stick mm. it to you. Because I think you need that type of guy. I'm not saying you got to go get a Michigan man, but you need somebody who could put some emphasis on beating your rival. And I think mm. Fickle understands the Big Ten. He's a Big Ten guy. He understands recruiting. But he also, um, I think what we saw he did at Cincinnati was amazing. Um, now imagine that with the recruiting budget you now get in Michigan and the recruiting chops you now put together. And I think... I think Fickle could still keep some of that new staff. I think he would keep Hart. I think he would keep Sharoni Moore. I think he would keep um, – I don't know if we lose Mike McDonald. Our I think he would go back to the NFL. But I'm okay with that because Luke is a defensive guy anyways. Um, right. And so we saw what he did at Cincinnati. I mean, they put together a great defense. Oh, yeah. So um, my first call is Luke. My first main call is Luke Fickle. If Luke says no, which I don't, I don't think he passes Michigan for Cincinnati, especially if he just got overlooked on this coaching search. It didn't get the big time job. If you don't land Luke, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know who you call at this point, bro. <laughs> the options are slim. Well, I know who I'm calling. I'm calling oh, Matt Rule. Yeah, you did. Say I'm that. calling Matt Rule. That's who I'm. I mean, I think he would be a phenomenal fit at Michigan. Uh, he's a guy who's rebuilt programs. He's he did a great job at Temple kind of resurrected them from the ashes. True. Then he goes to Baylor, has them in a, a, a conference championship and a Sugar Bowl. I mean, he kind of set the table for what Aranda was able to do this season. And he took over Baylor after all the sexual assault allegations and the cases yeah, and did. the brials and all that stuff. He came in, rebuilt that program. And to your point, I'm thinking, man, if he's doing what he did at Temple and then doing what he did at Baylor, I mean, he had the Baylor Bears in the Sugar Bowl, which now it's like, oh, that doesn't sound so crazy because they just won crazy, the Sugar man. Bowl. But that that was on the 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 heels of what his foundation basically yep. like that was a part of the foundation he built. Imagine what that guy could do at Michigan with that budget. The big thing with him when he was at Baylor was every year is he going to jump to the NFL? Well, right. he got that opportunity, 
And I think you go somewhere like Michigan, it's like it's like we just said with Harbaugh. Like Harbaugh would have no reason to leave if he didn't just have this burning competitive desire to go win a Super Bowl because of how mm-hmm. close he was in the past. Whereas yep. I don't know that Matt Rule has that. I think maybe now he's going, wow, I could go to Michigan and who knows where I could do there. Like the sky yeah. could be the absolute limit. And uh, I don't know. There. I think Fickle would obviously would too, but I don't know, man. I'm starting to wonder, is this guy going to leave Cincinnati or is he just wanting to see them through in the Big 12? Or is no, he just being true. overly selective? I'm going, the Notre Dame job was open. I, I feel like if, now granted he was going into the playoffs, I, I just would think that would have been the job if he's going to leave Cincinnati. I think he's super selective, though. I think for what, for three years, his name has been the hottest name in the yeah. cycle. I think he knows that. I think because if I look at Fickle, Fickle's in the sweet spot at Cincinnati. They're never going to get rid of you unless your program completely tanks, right, which I don't think it is. He's built a strong contender. People are happy at Cincinnati. Cincinnati just made the playoff trick. Like, right. I don't. I think he is being selective for the right job. Um, and quiet as it's kept, this is what I wouldn't be shocked by about Fickle. If Ryan Day loses to Michigan again next year and mm-hmm. he gets on the hot seat, because that will happen. If you lose to Michigan two times in a row, yeah. oh, those donors are coming for you. And if Fickle has another year of success, it wouldn't shock me if people start calling for the prodigal son to come home. You know, he led the team back and whatever before Urban came. And then, and I, I see the headlines now. He kept the team together. He was able to patch in the midst of adversity when Trestle left last minute. He did that season. He worked under Urban for a little bit. He grew as a head coach at Cincinnati, built a winner, Ohio State guy. Bring him back. Mm. I I yeah. think I think. I think Fickle's holding out for, you know, the golden job, whether that's in Ohio State, whether that's in Michigan. I I would have called him from Notre Dame, but I'm really not shocked about Notre Dame went. I think Notre Dame, like you said, is holding out for a bigger fish. I think they they did a patchwork with the Marcus Freeman hire. See, I agree. But then I look at the staff that he's building, and I'm going, hmm. Dude, Notre Dame, he's he's putting together – it's not exactly like the most mind-blowing staff on paper, mm-hmm. but I think once these guys get to work, dude, they're going to recruit at a level. And then if he knocks out this D.C. hire, which the – the I made a video about Derek Mason. Now, the biggest – the and let me get on this real quick because the biggest <laughs> rebuttal – to Derek Mason is a schematic rebuttal. Well, his yeah. scheme isn't the same as Freeman. He's a two gap and Freeman's a one gap and Freeman promised his players no big changes. He promised, you know, two players. Here's my thought on that. If I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm getting the absolute best coach, recruiter, developer that I can mm-hmm. find. Derek Mason fits that bill. Go look at his history. And if you don't know, go watch my previous video. I'm not going to rehash it right here. But he has a proven track record as an ace recruiter, a developer, and and the guy is a X's and O's guru. Going back to his time at Stanford as a a DC into his time with Vanderbilt. Now, obviously, I know his on-the-field stuff, but it it was Vanderbilt. And the only reason why his expectations were so high is because he followed James James Franklin. 
<laughs> but he also has history at academically prestigious schools. I just think he would be the perfect hire. And he's got power five head coaching experience, whereas Marcus Freeman has none. Right. My thing is, is you, you get a guy like that in, and then you figure out the X's and O's. Yeah. Then you, you exactly. work it out. You figure that out. You don't go, well, he's two gap, I'm <clears throat> one gap. So I'm going to pass up this phenomenal coach, phenomenal recruiter, phenomenal developer, because there's too much of a schematic difference. Mm -hmm. Now, the other name I've seen floated around is uh, Mr. Sack Av from Houston. Oh, uh, Belk, yes. Coach Belk. Now, he would probably be a little bit more of a risky hire. Um, and I only say that because he's younger and he hasn't coached at the same level. Uh, uh, I don't know that he has much power five experience. His, his, his yeah. experience as a coordinator is at Houston, but they had a phenomenal year. That's a great um, year. So if it were up to me, I would still take Derek Mason over him. But all I'm getting at is, is it's looking like he's about to get a home run defensive coordinator. He's already landed some very ace recruiters in his receivers coach, his D-line coach. This Marcus Freeman thing might be here to stay. Now, I still stand by my comments of if they've only won six or seven games going into that USC game, which is their last game of the season next year, I don't think he gets a fair shake. And I think if Urban Meyer has had a year to go under the radar and have everybody forget about his off-field, you know, NFL woes, He'll get the they will gladly back up the Brinks truck to hire him. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see what, what, what Marcus Freeman can do over the long haul at Notre Dame. I think it's a good look for college football. I think it's a good look for Notre oh, yeah. Dame. But um, anyways, I just wanted to plug that. He, he is building a phenomenal staff. Well, let's transition here kind of as we're coming to a close. We're, we're going to wrap up a little early tonight. If you're watching live or if you're listening, um, whenever it may be, riding in your car, running on the treadmill, whatever it is. Uh, we were literally going into this episode like, you know, we don't have to go an hour and 10 minutes every, every, time. <laughs> every week. Um, but transfer portal do yeah. you have any just what are your one or two hot takes from the past week or really of the off season as it pertains to the transfer portal i any love it i love it i love it so much i got into a big debate with the um a friend of mine about this transfer portal thing and there's what's killing me about the transfer portal trey so many people are complaining about it like there's just so yeah. much complaining and Kids don't have loyalty to a school anymore and all these things. And once again, I go back to what I said at the top of it. If there's no transfer portal, there's no Joe Burrow at LSU. Let's mm. just let's call a fact a spade a spade. I think the one-time free transfer rule is genius. Um, has it created more of a free agency in college sports? I'll push back and say not more than what it already was. I think that people are just have more they don't get in trouble for tampering anymore, but it's always been that, you know, nothing's, nothing's changing. The only thing I guess I don't like it about it sometimes is seeing the, the inter like conference rival transferring. Like I just saw a guy from Georgia's going over to Bama. There's a guy from Bama going over to Georgia. Like there's yeah. just this, you know, um, I feel like the same teams kind of just like transfer kids among each, <laughs> among each other. So, um, but outside of it, man, I think the transfer port on I me mean, outside of everyone's going in it. The, the only I do not like this as well, though, it's like it is unfortunate. And we talked about this, I think, at length, our last episode. It's like having these kids make the decision if that's a smart move. 
because there's like the number like quadrupled this year. And most of those kids aren't going to get picked up in another program. Like your college football career is over. Um, and so it's really having a descent, you know, having like professional help on that side. That's like helping these kids navigate the portal. And why should you really go and being honest? Are you really good enough? Like some of us, you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school. You need somebody in your corner. that's like, son, you're not good enough to leave Buffalo and go to Bama. Like right. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're going to go to Buffalo and probably go to, I don't know, Southeastern Oklahoma state university, you know, right. if, if that's the case, but outside of it, um, I think it's great. I know people feel like it's free agency, but as I've said before, I think within a couple of years, you start finding some regularity to what it's going to bring. I think NIL is going to spice it up a little bit, but I love the transfer portal, man. I think it's great. It gives some power back to the athletes, which I'm always in favor of. And I'm just interested to see, you know, they're going to bring parameters in place. They're going to bring guidelines. They're going to bring boundaries. We know what's going to happen. I think they're trying to figure out what that looks like to keep it fair. Um, I think one interesting thing that would be cool to see, and I mean, is if you can't transfer within the same conference. Mm. I think that can kind of probably help, one, make a kid think about it. So if I'm a kid at Georgia, knowing I just can't go to Alabama, either I stick it out at Georgia, or that brings a little, maybe a little bit more parity where you got some of these like big time players that are transferring out with a lot of talent. If they can't transfer within the SEC, maybe some of that talent goes to the Big Ten. Maybe some of that talent goes to the Pac-12. So. That would be the only thing for me, but I, I think I love it. Um, and I'm interested to see how they kind of shape and mold it over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that was the big thing when the SEC lifted their rule against if you transfer intra-conference, intra you don't have to sit a year. Um, I got another comment on that in a second. But I do want to say Joe Burrow, I believe, was actually a graduate transfer. So he was immediately eligible early. based right. on – well, you know, I mean, he was at Ohio State for like Three, three, three years. or four years, really. Yeah. I mean, the guy, I mean, he, he, his rookie year in the NFL, he's like 26, like Chris Winky. I'm just kidding. He wasn't that yeah. old, but he was older than your typical Jason rookie White. quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I love, love, I'm loving it because as a Razorback fan, oh, y'all are winning. Oh, we lost a couple guys to LSU. But we got a couple guys from LSU. And quite frankly, as I'm looking at that on paper, what we got from LSU versus what we gave them, I'll take. I feel like right. we won that deal. Then we added a former five-star linebacker from Bama. Then we just added a starter on Georgia's defense this past year. Now, I'm not saying he was the impact primetime player, but he was a starter, started mm -hmm. 11 games on Georgia's defense, one of the greatest defenses of all time. He's a safety nickel guy, got him. I mean, that right there, then you throw in uh, Jaden Hazelwood on the other side of the ball, former five-star receiver. He was the number one overall receiver coming out of high school, initially was committed to Georgia, flipped to OU at the last second. Now he's headed to the hill. So Arkansas, that's my, you know, them and USC are two teams. Look, you got like LSU's killing it in the portal. Ole Miss is actually killing it in the portal. Yeah, like you, you, you've got some other teams, but... I feel like Arkansas, because obviously I'm an Arkansas fan, so I'm closely following what they're doing. But right. then USC, bro, and I said it when Riley got hired. In fact, there's a video on this channel where I talked about him getting hired. I'm not saying it was this like incredibly hot take, but right. there were a lot of OU fans irritated and everyone starts talking about, oh, he's going to be this, he's going to be... Da, 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 da. No, the guy's building a fence around Southern California 
and he has been attacking the portal like crazy. Yes, the man. final domino that needs to fall, which it might have already fallen by the time this is actually up airing and we're, you know, people are watching this or listening to this, I should right. say, is Caleb Williams. Fact. Bro, if he gets Caleb Williams, and I've already gone on wax and said this, USC is now a favorite to win the Pac-12, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the CFP conversation in 2022. And here's why. They literally have three games. Three games because of the way their schedule played out and because of the conference they're in. They've got Utah. They've got UCLA, which I'm not sure how big of a game that'll be next year, but it's a rivalry game. So you have to Utah, UCLA, and then Notre Dame to end the season. Hmm. And, I mean, even if they're going to play Oregon, it's going to be in the Pac-12 championship. Right. Just because of how the schedule – so that's a team, and if you got a program like USC that's 12 and 1, 13 and 0, like that's a college football playoff team. They're going to the playoff. Facts. I mean, point blank. It's a blue blood. I don't care what conference they're in, but they're a power five team. They're a blue blood program. If they're put, and I'm telling you, this offense out there is going to be must see TV. Uh, I know OU fans don't want to hear that, and they, the they want to pinpoint all kinds of stuff, but like if you. I, Again, I'm going to say this one last time. I don't see any reason why he won't replicate at USC in the Pac-12 what he did at OU in the Big 12. I'm about to go play that as an NCAA right now. I'm about to run the Oklahoma playbook. There you go. I'm around USC. You just motivated me to go. No, I fully agree, man, that we've already seen what he's doing. We see what he's doing in the portal, and we have to admit, college football is better when USC is on top. And oh. you got to think about all that talent that, like, you got to think Bryce Young. He's a California boy. CJ Stroud, California boy. DJ uh, such and such at Clemson. I can't pronounce his last name. California yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of these top-notch quarterbacks, man, they're coming off the West Coast. Uh, so, I mean, it. I think it's going to be – I think I give it two years. I give it two years max before Lincoln. If he gets Caleb, I can Dude, see If he gets Caleb – yeah, I was about to say he gets Caleb. It's it's that's gonna be I electric, mean, man. But <clears throat> that's all I got, B Holmes. I, I say I'm that's all I got, man. That's all I got today, man. It's it's been a great it was a great football weekend. It's been a long weekend. But, you know, as we're getting prepared, man. Getting prepared for March Madness. I can't believe it's about to be February, like next week. I Goodness, I just paid rent. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just paid rent. But, uh, yeah, man, we got March Madness coming up, so we'll just keep everybody up to date with that. College football is ever-evolving, bro. There's always something every time I'm looking It's constant. But, hey, once again, man, thank you guys for joining the Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast and YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us below right here on our Twitter. Follow us on all social platforms, Blue Blood CGT. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your bae, tell whoever about us. Shout out to my fiance Jessica, man. She was doing some pitching for us yeah. at this wedding this past week. She's like, yeah, Brendan has a podcast now. Um, Let's go. So, so we, we got some subscribers on that. Thank you guys for all your support, man. You're turning this dream into a real-life reality for us, and we appreciate it. Anything for you on your way out? Nope. All right, guys. Well, hey, until next week. Hey. College football. I love March Madness.